are you guys doing? Welcome to another episode of Six Feet Forever. Forever. Yeah, I'm yeah, Shantae. Yeah. Ebony. And guys, we have a very special guest joining us here today on the podcast. A one Erica Nichols. A.K.A. <laughs> Shabarica. We'll explain, <laughs> we'll explain that later. And she is one half of Homies of Horror podcast. Yeah, man. Let's welcome Erica to the show. Yay! Wow! Yay! And because I'm Thank Jamaican. you. <laughs> Brat, can you do that? Can you do that noise when people are like, -da 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 -da! like the gun noise with your mouth? Bah, you know what I'm talking bah, about? Bah. That one? That? But then it's like, pa, pa, pa. I can't roll my R's, so I can't do it. I'm a Jamaican raised in Chicago. Sorry, no. <laughs> Erica, how's it going? Oh, it's going good, guys. How are you? <laughs> We're good. We're good. Oh, we also forgot to say Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. What you doing? What you drinking? Let us know. Let us know. Is this year going to be better than the last? Well, yeah, we'll see. I don't know, man. What uh, What do you think, Erica? Do you think it's going to be different from the last, more of the same? We're going to have six months Luck. of this, and then the second half, we're going to be turning up naked in the streets. Will I the groundhog like see shadow? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? <laughs> For my sanity, yes. I have to believe sure. that we got a fresh slate, and we're going to be on the up and up this year. That's what I... That's what I believe That's in my heart. But then if you peel back that layer, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know it ain't going to be that way. <laughs> but we have hope. You we know? have to. We have, we have to. to. Okay, Obamas. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we really, yeah, we've got to cling to, we have to hold on to something because can you imagine another six to nine or 12 months of this? Is I mean, very real possibility, but I think we'll just have to take it. One day at a time. Yeah, I <laughs> because, think, on, I think mm -hmm. on the bright side, we're at least, you know, used to it. 2020 really slapped us in the face with everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I think that, you know, at least we kind of know what to expect. Yeah. We're so, prepared yeah, now. A little bit. Just a tiny bit. We have tools <laughs> to, to, to deal with, <laughs> to deal with everything now. Tools we didn't know we were equipped with, but now we're fully <laughs> equipped. This is a question we, we were asked, me and Ebony were asked the other day, and we'd like to posit it to you. Do you think that you personally would survive the zombie apocalypse? And if so, what is your plan? How would you do it? <laughs> Girl, no, <laughs> I would not survive. Are you are you joking? Uh, look, I've thought about this many times. If there was a zombie apocalypse, obviously I would try. Like, I would do my best. I'd probably hole myself up in our apartment. If it started to look a little dicey, I've always thought that maybe I'd stick my hand out and just let myself be bit. <laughs> and then just deal and then just, like, become a zombie and fit in, you know? <laughs> You can't beat them, join them. You know, <laughs> isn't that what they always say? No, truly. <laughs> okay, so your team just let them bite me. Okay. If I mean, I would try. Like, I would definitely try, but I'm not a yeah. great runner. I'm not strong. I have a very, like, small set of skills that, and none of them are helpful in a zombie apocalypse. That's not so. true. I think it's, like, the most unique 
qualities and skills will get you through in a zombie apocalypse. That's true. For sure. You've watched, you have so much horror film knowledge. I feel like you might be the last one standing. <laughs> if they were slow zombies, I think I'd be fine. But if we're talking like the fast zombies that can run, you guys already know when I get scared, my legs give out. So if I see a zombie running at me, that's it. That's it for me. I might die of a heart attack before they even reach my body. Merci- that might be mercifully. I don't really Yeah, that might be the best way. I'll take a heart attack. Oh my God. Why do you guys think you'd survive? <clears throat> I. Good. <laughs> what did i say did i say yes because i feel like it's a no right now i'm like no dying i can't remember actually what you said the other night i think you were just so ebony was so bothered by the conversation she literally didn't want to talk about (laughs) just just like the thought of it is just overwhelming and then yeah i just i don't want to be eaten i just yeah i i don't know no i don't want a gruesome death oh because i think the I, I think the conversation also went to like, would you eat another human being inside? Oh, yeah. the oh my God. <laughs> oh no. And then I said, I would it die before that. It got dark. I would die before that happened. <laughs> and my cousin's like, what? <laughs> and I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, but what? <laughs> Cook them up. Get some of that Zataran. <laughs> Wait, but so what? All <laughs> All of that. We'll be here eating says human tacos and shit. The fuck you talking about? This is Los Angeles. <laughs> wait, so what was wait, but what was the preface to that? It was is that included in the apocalypse? Like you have to eat <laughs> yeah, somebody? So it was just sort of like we were thinking about it in particular, like in our apartment, if there was a zombie apocalypse taking place outside, how long if it happened in this instant, how long would we survive here? Because like how much food do we have in here? How much water's in here? Mm-hmm. Like all this stuff. So um that's how it went. And then it came to like, oh well, would you eat I, one of the people in this apartment? I, so I think we had probably two weeks of food before we had to go outside and either grab someone. <laughs> Snatch Ron up in his apartment. <laughs> For sure. Oh wait, Gosh. but then that so that means that like you're eating like one of you like you yeah, would that was be eating question. your roommate essentially oh god mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's troubling on the soul it I, is yeah yes, <laughs> I on the other hand do I had I think I'd survive I don't know if my soul would be intact at the end but I'm gonna try I my think best you would. to make it through you think she would <laughs> I think he would I feel like I feel like Shantae could could get through it i think if it was the three of us oh yeah oh my god all the skills i we think would you would Gucci. she would survive the longest for sure Shantae. oh i meant yeah. like us all three together could probably survive long no <laughs> i mean ah, dude first. i know i would be holding you guys back i will admit that <laughs> like i would for sure be the weakest link i would be holding you both back because if i go too long without eating i'm <laughs> I can't like I just can't function and you guys would probably just have to like Ebony can't w- eat leave me behind not, so yeah. <laughs> as long as there's electricity I can heat it up somewhere in the stovetop or in the microwave then oh I'd my live. gosh that's hilarious okay good to know good to know so yeah I guess should we talk about Erica's podcast first or should we talk about how we know each other first uh oh probably how we know each other okay yeah oh true yeah. how do we know each other erica they've heard they've, they've been hearing from us for seven weeks now so they want to hear from you 
Um, okay. How do you know us? First impressions. You can keep it. Keep a book, girl. Keep it. I know where you live, though. So. Ooh. We'll first impressions. It just gets real Ooh, serious. We're like gosh. fighting by the end of the, <laughs> the episode. No. So we met at school, y'all. We met at at college, AMDA, mm-hmm. and we were all in the same group for first. Sem- well, first, first and second semester, we all got put into the same group. So mm-hmm. that's how we met each other. And I would like to say that we were the lucky ones. I was very For pleased sure. with we say that. the group. No disrespect we say to. We <laughs> I know. I don't know. I said no disrespect because we've said this to people's faces before yeah. that like we got real lucky <laughs> in your group. Oh, apologies. My, apo- my condolences. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got super lucky. Our group was awesome. But specifically the i'm trying to think of when we really became close i guess yeah. was i did it come after we moved in together no it was like before, before that i think that's why we moved in together because we felt like we could live together but i think that i want to say it was probably like closer to second semester that we started yeah, kicking it because together more. we started doing more scenes together i feel like in first semester we never really worked together obviously we knew each other but we didn't like i i talked to shantae on the first day but it was more of like we were all in a conversation i don't feel like we ever actually like talked specifically to each other (laughs) i feel like we were just like in adjacent (laughs) to each other and we were all involved in the same conversation wait where were you living ebony first semester franklin Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was in. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I wasn't even in the same. You lived in apartments. I lived on campus. I lived at Vine. It was like the right. It was like the building on campus right behind. It was the one that was falling apart. Old as fuck. They hadn't painted it since they built the building. Ants (laughs) also lived there rent free. Like that. That 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 place was a mess. It was fun. It was fun, but it was a mess. So yeah, I I think towards the end of the semester is when I started talking to you, Ebs. And then second semester, we yeah. all finally like got to do some scenes together and actually got to speak mm-hmm. to each other in <laughs> in like longer yeah. form. Because we all did that one scene together, the sure. three of us. Yeah. Um, Our Lady. Uh, Our Lady, yeah. Street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's when we like got closer i know me and shantae had that one scene together that destroyed our soul because we had to stay up late <laughs> trying to like the one in barbara's class where we were the same character where you were like my yes, inner thoughts uh, i loved that scene it was fun it but was it was so good it was i we like had to stay up until like 3 a.m one night <laughs> well also our scene partners were ridiculous it was me you and then two <laughs> other girls who were just not like never showed up yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh did you enjoy your experiences at at amda erica do you think it shaped you in any way do you think it was beneficial i do um i think about it a lot and i'm like if i could go back i don't think i would have changed anything Hmm. despite the stress of the loans and everything now And despite maybe feeling like I haven't really gotten to do anything with what I did there, the experience itself and the relationships that I met and the way that I feel like I grew as a person um, was worth it, like was worth it all to me. So I'm cool with it. Like I'm cool. It is what it is. Right. Um, So meeting us is worth (laughs) (laughs) $90,000. Yeah. 
the friendships yeah if you guys i'll bill you guys for the right. <laughs> friendships no, it definitely was it definitely i think i'd say that i'd say that was definitely worth it yeah i think so. and i feel like we had a lot of fun like i don't know i can't imagine my college experience any different mm-hmm. than what it was because i felt i feel i think i felt comfortable because it was a smaller school i remember when i first got there i was so nervous to talk to anybody like didn't I didn't think I was going to make any friends. It was my my mom like dropped me off in the dorm and she left and I was like home. <laughs> I like, felt like I was going to have a mental breakdown because I was like, I know nobody. But then it ended up being obviously it ended up being great. I met so many yeah. people there that are still my friends today. Right. Eb, how do you Bless feel like because you went to um like going to UCLA after AMDA? How did you feel? Did you like it better? What did you feel like the differences were, I guess? The big I was. Ever since I was young, I've always, I've never finished, like started at one school and finished one school. Mm. I've always Mm. either came to LA for pilot season and then gone back. And like, so I've always felt like I've missed chunks of people's lives or even my own um, with relationships. So I felt the same way with AMDA. I felt that when I left, I just felt like I didn't really get a chance to fully get a 360 relationship with everyone mm. and then I went to UCLA and because I was also a transfer you know there were people there that, that started at freshman year and so they had that relationship too so I feel like I've always felt like I've always just been operating with people or relationships at 180 mm. and it's I often think about like what it would be to and it wasn't it was all it was always because of my choices mm-hmm. it wasn't just like an unstable childhood or whatnot it was always just like you know, this might be a better decision. I've always been fearless in that way of just trying new things. So I wonder if the, sometimes I wonder if me trying new things uh, was just my way of not getting just dependent on anyone. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Or anything in in friendship. So. Oh, interesting. um, Yeah. Okay. Well, if it makes you feel better (laughs) at AMDA after the second semester, they split us all up. (laughs) Yeah. I heard that's our comfort. Our comfort level was drastically shifted. Yeah. But I had a good time. I really did have a great time at AMDA. I think like you said, Erica, it really just, it shaped some of our, our lifelong friendships that we have today. It's really crazy how that was literally one year of our lives I know that one year I was so rigorous though yeah (laughs) I think we just we went through the trenches together it was like a fucked up weird it was very fun but it's like Mm -hmm. going to art school in any capacity I think is very intense Mm -hmm. and the the instructors there feel like they can talk to you any kind of way and it's an unconventional type of school so they can do unconventional shit it's it's um startling to the spirit (laughs) it is and it's rough and I think people think it's easy, but that shit is, um, or it makes yeah, you like for sure. I will say I, it is fun. Like I, I wonder if maybe a lot of people look at it and they're like, oh, that looks like it would be so much fun. And it is, but no, I agree. <laughs> I think a lot of people were like put out of their comfort zone. We're comfort zone. all thrown That's into this place extreme. with people that we've never met before and now we're meant to make out with them or tell them uh, why we feel unloved <laughs> or like, you know, we're having to do all of these things that yeah. a lot oh of God. us have never had to do. I'm like, there's people that I've been friends with for years that I haven't told them, you know, why I feel this type of way about something. And you're telling me I just met this boy and I have to tell him <laughs> why, like why I have intimacy issues. I It was weird. I was like, this is. <laughs> This is not what I I'm paying you for this. I'm confused. But no, it was very ugh, 
It was very crazy. Um, it was. And I'd like to think they were all better for it, but I just, some of the situations <laughs> we got put in were just unfair. <laughs> better. Who was better? You? Not I. <laughs> I, um, and I say this, I'm sure I've said this to you before, but I was literally talking to Ebony about this yesterday. We were talking about Amda a little bit, and I was saying that um, coming from where I was coming from and like even being a bit older and having, you know, acted professionally somewhere else i that shit was difficult for me and i cannot imagine how some of you you know were 17 18 19 and i was always so in awe of you guys because you were just so fearless like you came out here to la to the school and are doing these things that you know so much is being asked of us and everybody was just so good everybody was so delightful to watch um and it was such a honestly a pleasure getting to work with all of you and watch you work that's that's like what i i think enjoyed the most about amdo being able to be in the presence of other creatives other creatives who are so talented and yeah i was just i'm impressed by you guys (laughs) well thank you it was yeah yeah thank you so much i wish i could say the same Um, (laughs) i mean we really did all get to see each other grow up in a way because even like at the you know whatever age everybody went in there at Mm -hmm. there was growth like you would see somebody come in on the first day and they would have some sort of diff like obstacle that they had to get past and even just watching them push past that and sharing that experience with them um you know you watched them grow into a totally different person i don't think anybody went well, let me let me <laughs> I don't I think most people went in on day one and were a totally different person by the time that they graduated. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of experiences, too, that you just shared with people that you're like, oh, my God, because when I went to like when I went to Amda, like I hadn't even I had never had a boyfriend. I had never like, you know, there's like all these experiences that I had never had. And then going to AMDA, I had a lot of my firsts with you guys, like mm-hmm. my first like big part, my first big college party, my first big heartbreak, like my first really successful scene, like all of that I feel like I experienced. Your first apartment. And shared with you guys. Yeah, my first apartment. What the heck? My first expensive apartment. <laughs> that we all were like oh can we afford this yeah Yeah, let's do it my first time meeting drake i had that with you guys (laughs) do you you remember his hating ass bodyguard after we asked for a photo he was like no 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 and then drake was like yeah you can take the photo only ebony could have convinced this fucking bodyguard to let us take a picture with drake because it was not about to happen jake drake was in his scorpio feelings really about something or other that day (laughs) And Ebony convinced the fucking bodyguard to let us take a picture. How many times did you ask him? Like three? I don't know. To take a photo? Who yeah. knows? It got done, though. It got done. Somehow. <laughs> you you wrapped it up. He was so stank. And you, I'm so mad that you can see him in the background of the photo. <laughs> <laughs> staring at us. Staring daggers at us. I'm like, dude, this is happening. Like we're going to carry Drake like- <laughs> off into the apartment. Like, <laughs> Calm down, bro. Calm down. I was like, all right, it's Drake's fault that you guys are here. Why are you guys at this random convenience store off of Hollywood Boulevard if you don't want fans to take pictures of you? They thought they were in the cut. Yeah, you're in Hollywood. Somebody's (laughs) going to recognize you, bro. Especially me. I could I could identify you through tinted double tinted windows in an SUV. Don't play with me. But I do remember when we walked into the to the liquor store, somebody said, 
<laughs> is that Kevin Federline? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> who cares? Me. I said that. <laughs> Why did you think that? I I don't know. Drake looked like Kevin Federline at the time. He doesn't look that way now. But you know, he's got hands now, and he's got a full beard, and you know, it's. Drake. Oh my that god. That's so, weird. That's so <laughs> funny. What a ridiculous I mean, I feel like it was kind of or us meeting Drake kind of came full circle because his Take Care album, we were bumping that like <laughs> for sure. First and second semester. That's I feel like that me. album was really getting us through some hard oh times. God, that was so long <laughs> yeah. ago that came out. Damn. Shut mm-hmm. memories. So speaking of Wilcox, <laughs> Erica, I feel like there's something we all need to get very clear. And that is <laughs> oh my <gosh>. this <laughs> Okay. This story about the ghosts in the closet. <laughs> Cause I listened to you tell the story on your podcast the other day and I was like, wait, wait, wait. Is that how it went? Because there were some series of events that I'm remembering differently. But we all know that your memory is the stronger memory. For sure. So mm. I just want to like clarify. So here's the thing. I remember, <laughs> well the, I, remember, I remember the events very clearly, but the timeline of them is probably, okay. I, think that's, I think that's what I have confused is what came first. I remember every event, like in all the details, <laughs> but if they're in the correct order, I have not a clue. Okay. Let's so, give, I think we should give a brief rundown of the story and then like, you know, <laughs> we'll clarify clarify the results cuz I just I need to know. Um Okay. Okay. So, how did it begin? <laughs> okay. So, this is the tale of the ghost in the closet. <laughs> so, what I would like to say happened first was the was the closet incident. Right? That was like um, the first weird thing that happened, wasn't oh, it? No, I think that actually was the second thing. The bread was the first thing. Yes. Okay, that's where I get confused. <laughs> I thought the bread came later. Okay, so basically, guys, we were living at this apartment right off of Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard. And one night, we were all in the kitchen. I used to keep Wait, my no, bread no, no, on top of the not fridge. Not this story. <laughs> what? The closet story. But that, uh, But it all intertwines, But if girl. you tell that story first then they're going to know there will be no mystery. I got you. I feel you. Okay, the closet story. So (laughs) me and Ebony, me and Ebony used to share a room. And then Shantae was in a separate room with, I think someone else was living there at the time, right? Or was it just I think at the time there was nobody else there. Oh, Taylor. Okay. Taylor was there, but she was in the she was on the futon. She wasn't there. Yes. Okay. She wasn't in your room. Okay. So Shantae had her own room. Me and Ebony shared a room. And one night, <laughs> we were going, and we were all like getting ready for sleep, and we kept hearing. I think Ebony, you heard it first. What sounded like we had been sleeping for some time, right? Like we had been in bed. You for had. A while. Okay. You were asleep. I think. I was like in the process of falling asleep and then I woke up because Ebony could heard what sounded like the doorknob rattling Uh of the closet and Uh mm -hmm, she heard the well but we didn't know it was the closet at the time we thought it might have been the regular door door. and so yes and so we heard the doorknob rattling (laughs) so we both woke up and I heard it as well and so obviously there was nobody there. So it continued to keep happening. So we came and woke you up. 
because we were scared. And we I were like, we need to make sure. Knocking on my door. <laughs> <laughs> and you came in. I was like, what's going on? You're like, um, Ebony thinks there's a ghost in the <laughs> what else like <laughs> because when i confirmed that no everyone was asleep i was like okay yeah we eliminated all the suspects <laughs> and yeah so ebony like i'm pretty sure you um, thought right away well right away you were scared and i was starting to get scared uh-huh. because you were scared and so then I went and woke Shantae up. She came into the room. And at first she didn't, nothing happened. But then you heard the doorknob. And when I tell you it was rattling. <laughs> it was. It was so but, loud. But so like mm-hmm. I went in the room and I was like, hey, my, you want me to sleep in here? And you guys were like, yeah. And so yeah. I was like climbing in bed with Erica. And I think we were laying there for probably like five minutes. And then it started happening. And I was like, yeah, oh, shit, there is a ghost in here. <laughs> and it happened basically all night. It we were all going. so scared. Nobody could fall. Nobody could fall asleep at that point. Ebony was on the phone with her mom at one point. <laughs> the mother was like, go ahead, go grab the olive oil. I'm Priya. Rebuke it to that Jesus name. So I did just that. Oh my God. <laughs> and then so at what point, this is where I can't remember. At what point did we realize what it actually was? It took a minute. Okay. Because we chalked that up as an unexplainable event for <laughs> probably a really long time. Because <laughs> I remember going and telling people about it. Oh, so we didn't figure out that night what it was? No, dude. We thought it was haunted for like a week. Oh, because we smudged the, you wanted to go <laughs> And so we could cleanse the apartment. You were like, we need to clean out. <laughs> we need to clean out the bad energy. So we did. We came. We cleansed it. I even remember talking to someone and being like, how much do you think it would cost to get ghost hunters <laughs> to come to the apartment? And I was like, it's going to be way too expensive. So at least for like a couple days, mm-hmm. we thought that it was haunted. Oh shit. But then nothing else happened. And... So then we were in the kitchen a little bit later. Okay, you're right. Got it. Okay. Because, yeah, the, the, this is when we figured out kind of what was going on, I think. We okay. were in the kitchen, and I used to keep my bread <laughs> on top of the fridge. And I went to go grab my bread and make a sandwich. And from, like, the back of the loaf towards the front, there was, like, a hole that progressively got bigger <laughs> in each slice of my bread. <laughs> And so I held it in my hands and I said, what, what is this? And you guys all and looked I remember, at bread. Well, I remember looking at it because we were like, we had just had that party. And I said, well, maybe somebody <laughs> yeah. at the party ate bread, some of your bread. Yep. But then I turned it and I said, but look at this hole. <laughs> I was like, it's like someone's just nibbled out the middle of it. And the more we stared at it, the more we got scared. And I think that. It was either me or Ebony that screamed and I threw the bread up in the air <laughs> and we all started screaming. We ran out of the kitchen. Why? Why were we so dramatic? <laughs> well, okay. So then, so then this is where we realized what happened because to preface that, yeah. we had been dealing with a rat 
<laughs> in this apartment. Mm-hmm. And Taylor, yeah. who was who was staying with us, who was in the living room on the futon, that's where she was sleeping at the time. She had she would see the rat like early in the morning and shit like that when it would come in to get was, food. Was it a rat or was it a mouse? It, I, I don't know. It actually. was a it was mouse. Like a, it was a mouse. It okay. Small. Well, I'm going to tell it you was something. A mouse. Regardless of what it was, it was from Brooklyn <laughs> because it had New York sensibilities. It was getting in and out of the apartment and it was just like, I guess it was coming in from behind the stove. So we had the right. maintenance person. He had like patched up the hole. So we thought we were done with the rat. So when when we saw the bread nibbled, <laughs> whomever screamed first, it was because of the realization like, oh, this rat's still in this house. <laughs> and I think that's why everybody's. Yeah. And then I guess, Erica, is that when we realized? Yeah. So that's when we knew because we were like, after we finished screaming and we like pulled ourselves together, I think we ra- we were like, OK, rationally, it probably um, like a mouse or whatever chewed through your bread. And at that point, Taylor was the only one who had seen it. And I don't want to say that we didn't believe her because we did. But all of us, I think, were kind of just like, uh, it's probably gone. So then the next, the last thing that happened was you, Shantae, Mm -hmm. using the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it running across your foot. Yeah. So I I pulled my pants down to to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And then the fucking rat. I didn't even get to use the bathroom because the rat ran across my foot. And I was like, no. And then so I like slammed the I think the door was like cracked for some reason because I'm rude. And like so then I slammed the door shut to make sure it didn't get out because this motherfucker was wild, let me tell you. And so then I had to like creep out of the bathroom and then we went and grabbed our neighbor and he spent the next like hour and a half trying to catch this rat in a fucking six by six bathroom. Yeah. It was crazy. Not, rat had skills. not only but, yeah, that rat had skills because it sounded like they were boxing in there. The way it sounded when yeah, he closed truly. the door and he was running around in there, it sounded like he was fighting a six foot man inside of the bathroom <laughs> as a six foot man, <laughs> man yeah. versus rat. i appreciate his dedication though because i would have given up after about 15 minutes he was in there for a for a grip um but yeah so at one point at some point during all of this we realized that the noise the ghost in the closet was the rat in the closet scraping some shit up chewing on shoes or whatever right it was, it was trying to was yeah what we guys. think might have happened whatever <laughs> i think it, i know it was like to, it's the size because a rat is a fucking huge thing yeah versus a mouse that's true it's really the size difference is com- ridiculous mm-hmm. that's true. <laughs> right i think i think the the mouse had gotten trapped in the closet and was like trying to get out or something because it was like scratching the <laughs> scratching the door making the door knob jiggle but yeah oh i was com- i mean i was happy that it was just a mouse but like it would have been a better story <laughs> to tell later if it was actually a ghost if it was like unexplained <laughs> paranormal activity <laughs> that's the story of the ghost of wilcox ave <laughs> erica tell us about you and rj's podcast homies of horror of horror um yeah so lockdown happened and i had a lot of extra time on my hands because really i've been working i haven't stopped working since like everything started but my mm-hmm. shifts because i'm considered essential because I work in the food industry but my shifts have gotten cut so I had like some extra free time and I had recently gotten into podcasts I would listen to them basically at work all day I would just listen to podcasts Mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is kind of fun just listening to people talk and have a good time whatever (laughs) but ever like ever since 
not even necessarily since I've left LA because that's not true. But I guess specifically this year, mm-hmm. I had been feeling very creatively depleted, um, dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't have an a creative outlet. I kept trying different things to see if maybe that would like be what I needed and it wasn't. I remember one thing that always used to make me feel like really psyched and passionate was if I would watch a really good movie. But even more so than that, being able to or talk about that movie to people. Mm-hmm. Here in Colorado, I don't have a ton of people who are like, equally as into movies and television and all, and all of that stuff as I am. Most of the people that are that way are everybody that I went to AMDA with. So I was like, oh, I wish that I could just have a reason to talk to people about movies. Just get that like creative juices at flowing. And so then I was like, well, let me make a podcast. <laughs> I don't know why that was my first thought, but I was like, that's it. I'm going to make a podcast. But then I was like, I don't want to do it by myself because I just don't know if I could. I Some people can do it. And hey, power to you if you are able to have a podcast by yourself and like keep the conversation going and keep it entertaining. I did not have that confidence within myself. So I knew that I wanted to have another person on there. Then mm-hmm. I needed to figure out what kind of movies I wanted to talk about. And horror, I've always loved the horror genre. It's the only genre where I can watch horror movies all day long and not get tired. And I can also be in, it doesn't matter what mood I'm in. If you put a horror movie on, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I will like, I will be invested. I'll be like, yeah, let's watch this. It, even if it's bad, even if it's good, I'm still going to have a good time watching it. I have a lot to say about the genre because... I've just been involved in it since I was a kid. Um, So yeah, Yeah. once I knew that that's what I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to do it with RJ because one of the things that made us really good friends when we were at AMDA was both of our interests in horror movies. And we used to watch them all the time together. We used to play horror video games together all the time. So I knew that me and him would have a lot to talk about within that. And so I just texted him one day and I was like, hey, I have a question. Would you want to do a podcast? And he was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> and I was like, OK, cool. Like <laughs> and that was basically it. Yeah. So then from there, we just kind of got everything together, you know, figured out a name, figured out all of the podcasts. I mean, I'm sure I've talked to you about it, Shante. It's a lot like yeah. figuring out everything that you need podcast wise Mm -hmm. I had no I had no idea what the steps were so figuring out everything like that probably took us about like a month of planning it's yeah seemed like you guys got it together really quickly it it happened fast it was impressive yeah it it did it felt like it came together fairly well pretty quickly I feel like I should make Anthony, my boyfriend, I feel like I should throw him in as like a producer credit on our podcast because like all a lot of the sound engineering and audio and stuff like that, I had to get his help with. But other than that, it's just kind of been like a learning. The Honestly, the thing I have the most trouble with, and I don't know if you feel this way, is the social media aspect of it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I personally <laughs> like, struggle a bit with even my own social media. Sure. I just kind of forget that it exists. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying a little harder. Ebony's better post. at it. <laughs> but it is tough. It's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, agreed. <laughs> it is because 
yeah, I will go months without posting on my regular social media. And mm-hmm. even when I do post on there, I just kind of throw whatever up. I don't know. There's a lot. I was looking into it when I was like, oh, let me just get a little Instagram savvy. So I like looked into it and they were like, the best times to post, what to post. There's all this stuff on there. Sure. And I was like, uh I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do, I'm just gonna gonna put some stuff up and yeah, wing it and see what happens. But But I don't know, Instagram. You guys are like posting often and you've got a lot of, um, what is it called? Not interaction, but engagement. 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 Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, trying to. It's weird. Instagram keeps changing their algorithm and (laughs) everything. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening anymore. I just wake up. (laughs) <laughs> make sure we get something on there that I would want to see, you know, that I'd be interested in seeing if I was following our account. And then it's in the hands. It's in the social media hands after that. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you guys are interested in horror films, you guys also play, you play games, you play horror games. You've got like, <laughs> yeah, giveaways. there's all type of stuff they got going on over there. We see you. <laughs> so if you're if you're oh, into thanks. that, if you're into horror films, definitely <laughs> check them out. They do really succinct and funny reviews of these films. And so it's at homies of horror on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, run Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Oh, OK. Um, so, yeah, it's just homies of horror on all of those. So, yeah, come check us out if you'd like. While we're on the um topic of horror mm-hmm. i want to ask you guys <laughs> what's what's your favorite horror movie oh my god girl i was why wasn't i prepared for this i you know i don't do horror films though i think oh i know <laughs> I don't. but i love i love making you watch them I think like if i whenever i can i love <laughs> watching one with you the last one i think i watched was um his house on netflix Oh, you did watch it? I, mm. I mean, I watched with the lights on. Duran was next to me. It was broad daylight. It was, you know, it had to be a whole setup and I could pause it and turn my head away and I would ask him to watch, go ahead and watch and let me know if it was going to be scary or whatnot. It was a whole thing. But I did watch it. It was really, it was, it had the element of like ancestral history, historical aspect to it and then ghosts and things like that. And that was freaky. Uh, I like horrors mm-hmm. like that, you know? I don't think I like horrors where people are mutilated and bloody and and whatnot. That I don't think yeah. that's the horror that Not like the gory. Like saw, saw mm. in the hills of eyes. Like, no. <laughs> Never again will I watch that. You also, she also, for some reason, subjected herself to mids, Midsommar. Oh my God, because Florence Pugh I was just about wife. to, who? Oh, oh, she's amazing. She's oh my fabulous. God. She's so good. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you've seen that. It was terrible. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I did. And it, ugh, it was gory. Because that's a pretty gory movie. You wouldn't think that it would be, that but it is, is actually pretty gory. Have you seen, you've seen Hereditary, right, Ebony? Girl, don't watch it, Ebony, at all. Oh, have not. Yeah, I was about to say, I would have been surprised if you did. <laughs> Shooketh. I was very scared for some time. <laughs> it's going to be a hard pass. That. <laughs> That's really hard. I, I'm not going to be able to say a favorite. I can give you some like top, top three. Yeah. It's hard. Saw one. Mm. Brilliant. That movie I saw in the theater mm-hmm. and I almost got up and walked out. I was so <gasps> fucking uncomfortable. And you know mm. I watched them sit. It, I, girl. Then why is that? Because <laughs> it was so good. It was oh so well done. There was nothing like it at that time. It really wasn't. It was so good. Mm-hmm. 
that twist was like oh, oh for sure. i would have loved to see that in theaters so good. i watched it in theaters like crazy. too i watched it far too young i think that was a problem like i did my <laughs> brain didn't develop well enough and so that's why i'm forever scarred and jaded i'm sorry girl you're number <laughs> no, two no no i just can't i'm very shocked that you watched that that's I crazy did. no wonder you don't like horror films I don't even know if this is technically a horror film, but it's my favorite movie, Eve's Bayou. I know that gets like classified as like a horror film sometimes. Mm -hmm. So good. Journey Mm -hmm. Smollett is like a child in it and she's still brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like it's crazy. (laughs) The the movie that's probably been responsible for a lot of my trauma is The Exorcist. (laughs) My mom really thought it was cute to like, so me and my brother, when we were younger and we were still going to Blockbuster, so we would always pick out horror films on the weekends and stuff. And my mom for months was like, you guys should rent The Exorcist. And I was like, that seems stupid, whatever. And then we actually did it. And I watched it. It was like me, my brother, and my cousin. And they both fell asleep. And I was watching it. (laughs) And if you know what The Exorcist is about, it's obviously about an exorcism done by a Catholic priest. And I grew up Catholic. And it was just very, very terrible to watch alone. And I was like, to my mother, I was like, who are you? Why would you (laughs) suggest that to me? I'm I'm 12. Like, what the fuck? Um, Shoot, there's another one. Hereditary did scare the shit out of me. That... Ari Aster is yeah. is brilliant and scary person because mm-hmm. um, very good. I, I'm sure there's more, and I wish when we come on your podcast, I'll come ready with the list. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know some. I kind of sprung this on you. It's a hard question. Speaking of <laughs> Ari Aster, have you ever seen mm-hmm. his short film, The Strange Thing About the Johnsons? I've heard of that, but I haven't watched it. No, I haven't heard Girl, of it. Girl, it's is it it's crazy? something. It's something different. It's, uh, I'm pretty sure you can watch it on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> Girl, that scared us. Oh my God. And then, oh my. <laughs> That's like, like, what? It, oh my God, what is that? Oh my, oh my God. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What is that? Oh God. I have to edit that out. That scared shit out of me. Um, <laughs> how do you watch it? <laughs> how do you watch um, the Aster short? <laughs> I think it's on YouTube. Um, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. It should be. I don't remember how long it is. It is a very troubling film it is not violent like it's not gory it's just strange it is the strange thing like it's and it's a black family yeah, that it, it is focusing okay. on it's probably you guys are probably gonna watch it and then text me and be like why did you what <laughs> why but if you like Ari Aster I think it's an interesting thing like an interesting thing to watch because it's like one of the first things that he, he did, did. You- I also okay. watch Hannibal oh okay Oh, the show, right? No. With- <laughs> Why do you think I'm so bothered? Why do you think I said I would never eat a human if the zombie apocalypse like took over our lives? It's, no. Oh my God. He's disgusting. That was a disgusting movie. <laughs> this is what happens when you have older brothers and you grew up with like three other older brothers in the house and they were just watching lots of foolishness. Only DeMarco is my saving grace. He'd watch like Adam Sandler films and stuff. And I'd laugh. Happy Gilmore and funny things you know lighthearted things for children it sounds like a lot of you watch a lot of shit you shouldn't have been watching absolutely at the not. age that I you can't yeah. how old i was either oh my gosh all bad <laughs> but yeah that's um i'm definitely i'm gonna come ready with my list just don't worry don't worry <laughs> don't don't you worry <laughs> all right well ebony yeah 
Shall we get into this story? Yeah. So this story is the mystery dot 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 of Phoenix Colden. Phoenix Colden was from Spanish Lake, Missouri. The young woman grew up in a deeply religious family where her family supported her many interests, which included fencing, music. Phoenix was a versatile musician who was skilled at playing the piano, guitar, and violin. Okay. So right now, so far, so good. She grew up all right. Mm -hmm. Very talented. Mm -hmm. Friends and family describe Phoenix as a polite, friendly, intelligent person who was well-liked by everyone. She loved God and was deeply religious herself, but having been homeschooled since the beginning of grade six, the 23-year-old was naive and didn't go out much the lack of street smarts likely played a role in the events that occurred on december 18th 2011 the day started as a typical sunday but would not end as a typical sunday that afternoon after church phoenix's mother goldia colden watched her daughter go outside and get in the car phoenix regularly sat in the car to make phone calls which goldia thought was odd she seemed to want more privacy than her bedroom so she you know she didn't think anything of it around 2.20 that afternoon, Phoenix's father, Lauren, saw Phoenix back out of the driveway in her car and assumed that she was going to a convenience store or friend's house. That was the last time the family saw her. Hours later, Phoenix's 1998 Chevy Black Blazer was found abandoned in a dangerous section of East St. Louis. Inside were her glasses, her purse, a pair of shoes, and her ID all inside of the vehicle. The Coldens were puzzled when they figured out that their daughter had been abandoned, like, There was no reason that they knew of that Phoenix uh, would be in such an unsavory part of the city. That's where her car was found. But they soon found out that they didn't know nothing about their talented, loving, God-fearing daughter. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, sorry, pause. Her her phone was found in the car? Everything, yeah. Her ID, her phone, her wallet. It just seemed like she disappeared on the thing that was gone was what was on her body so lawrence and goldia colden immediately got law enforcement um to i figure out where their daughter is but the police officers just decided that you know what with the lack of media attention they just figured that she's black she's just a runaway is she'll be back uh yeah no it's typical phoenix grew up in a strict family and it seemed that at some point she decided it was time to carve out a path of her own but they did not know she was carving out lots of secrets Lots of secrets that her family would not approve of. After Phoenix's disappearance, her family discovered that she never enrolled in in an upcoming semester in college, like she had previously told them, mm-hmm. but instead was living with a boyfriend before she moved back home. Oh, I know. This was something she hid from her parents because they they didn't believe that she should have sex before marriage. Okay, wait. So she, they thought she was like. Was so she the, living at home or they thought she she was like supposed to be living at school? She was supposed to be away at school, like on campus. They didn't even realize that she hadn't even been mm. enrolled in school. Oh, my God. So she was living with her ex-boyfriend. Girl. Um, it eventually came to light that Phoenix was using two cell phones at the time of her disappearance. One that was paid for under her family's plan and the other she paid for herself. She used the second phone to communicate with a man named Michael B. Michael B. was the boyfriend she's secretly living with while she was in college. That man, Phoenix tried to hide from her boyfriend, was also, she. okay, so she had one boyfriend and was trying to hide another boyfriend with the same name. What? Wait, what? <laughs> what? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sis so has she's, two boyfriends. She, yes. Okay. Had, I mean, let me tell you something. It's real, it's real hard to like. Y- Just pick one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere else and they were too. 
Erica's and they were both sorry, named I'm... Michael. Yeah, girl. Can you imagine said... keep up with that? No, that's probably actually yeah, easier. The, yeah. No slip ups. Yeah, until you're that's like, true. oh, Mike, I love your red car or something like that. And he's got a purple car. I don't know. Like <laughs> The like little okay. details. Yeah. yeah. The, girl, the little details are always the reason that you get caught up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so they spoke with Mike. The Sorry, call them like Mike one and Mike two. Okay, it is Mike. <laughs> Mike too his name got brought up somehow to the investigators and they spoke with him and they spoke with his ex-girlfriend who said that Mike too was violent let me read let me rephrase that Mike two's name was somehow brought to the attention of the investigators that's the other Mike Mike one is the first boyfriend Mike two was you know a little side Side piece piece. of what okay (laughs) okay about speech okay so Mike Two's ex-girlfriend was the one that said, you know, he had been violent with her. And so she had filed a restraining order against him. So that was like a red flag for the investigators. Right. Mike Two had been questioned. And when he was questioned by the investigators, he said, why are you worrying about someone who's dead? What? That's what he said to the investigators. Right. And so the investigators are like, why would you say that? Why? That's just such a strange thing to assume that she was dead. Mm-hmm. A friend of Phoenix's said that Phoenix had been arguing with her parents more than usual and that she was irritable and down uh, and that she had grown paranoid in the days and weeks leading up to her disappearance. Phoenix reportedly believed that people were watching her and that something was out to get her. Okay. So, um, the you know, the police didn't have any information, you know, no body, no nothing, no really hard evidence to say that she was deceased or kidnapped or whatnot. So that didn't go any further. They didn't arrest anyone for her disappearance. Mm-hmm. Later, there had, I think few few days after her disappearance, there had been a video that had surfaced online of Phoenix saying, Lord, help me accept the things that I cannot change and that I won't, and that I won't change the things that I can. It's the basically the- Wait, girl, you say that again? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there's a video going around with phoenix and she's saying a modified version of the serenity prayer essentially parts of the video also said i just want to be happy man i can't remember a time when i was happy genuinely happy i feel so stupid because i let myself go a little bit i probably would have been in a better situation if if i would have stuck with how it used to be what that means who knows the colden family along with phoenix's friend struggled to accept the possibility that she might have possibly left on her own some theories that happened is that the intersection that her car was found in is a major intersection connecting two cities of major hubs for sex trafficking so that was like one theory her car was found in the middle of traffic lane with the motor still running and she had all of her still important things in there so it was possible that phoenix was was pulled over for someone and they just kidnapped her for human trafficking i mean there's also possibly that she just ran away and wanted to start a new life but here's the kicker here's the here's the thing that like stopped me in my track right so phoenix had two birth certificates one under Colden and one under Reeves, which is her mother's maiden name. So the investigator that her family hired, they just hired, you know, because the police weren't doing their job. So they hired an investigator. And that person found that no one had updated any of her information. Basically, no one had tried to update a new last name to match up with her social security number or her ID, go to DMV or any of that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so all of her credit history, everything looked fine. So the investigator, his name is Foster. 
He found four people with the name Phoenix Reeves in the U.S., eliminated three of the four. However, the fourth Phoenix was a bit suspect. They had no birth date, no social security number, and no relatives listed, and they were in Alaska. The private detective went to Alaska to see if somehow she ended up over there, and she actually just did disappear. And they went there, and they spoke with the person who lived at the house, and she said that she and her son lived at the house since 2002, and she'd never heard of Phoenix Colden or Phoenix Reeves. And they said no one ever remembers seeing anybody look like Phoenix, so she just disappeared into thin air. There's no like traces of her anywhere, and that's all the information that's out there. What do you think? My initial thing is I think she just wanted to disappear. But like here's my very, thing. Very strict family. Like, if you wanted to disappear, yeah. Every okay, yeah, that's fine. You can like leave all of that stuff behind. Mm-hmm. But your glasses, <laughs> like, that's what's throwing me off. Is it's like I'm when you say that I'm gonna assume you mean like prescription glasses. I'm assuming. Missouri, I the sun comes out over there. <laughs> I would like. If I'm going to take things that are important to me, I have to take my glasses. So it's just weird to me that she would like leave all that stuff behind and also leave her glasses. Because I mean, if you want to get rid of that later, that's fine. But girl, you need to see where you're going. And wouldn't you leave your car in a more like inconspicuous place? If you were trying to disappear, why I would you it leave it? Sense. I mean, it could be trafficking or if she had taken her glasses, you know, would she have been taken by someone that cared about her or would that in, would that be an indicator of her wanting or coming back or going someplace willingly? You know, I think having left the glasses there leaves more of a I'm not coming back type shit. I'm starting completely over. But wait, did you not say that the the car was found in an intersection? Um, at an intersection at an intersection with the motor running but yeah at a very popular place for human trafficking that honestly would be my guess because like erica's saying okay wait one phone was found in the car or two um both phones see if you're trying to get the fuck out of somewhere you're yeah you're not gonna leave things you she probably would have at least taken one phone her glasses she needs money like she left her wallet that sounds to me like she was snatched out of the car the fact that it was running it just sounds like she Mm -hmm. was snatched out of the car so i that's my guess is that she was sex sex trafficked or that that dude mike number two two, killed her that's a weird fucking (laughs) yeah because that's why do you guys care about suspicious yeah i know that was fucking and and i wouldn't be surprised this is all speculation guys um but i wouldn't be surprised if Mike, too, was violent, as mm-hmm. his ex-girlfriend said, I wouldn't be surprised if he was very possessive and abusive of her. And maybe she did not know how to get out of that situation. She felt like she had gotten herself into a situation where she could not tell her parents because she had already lied to them. Mm-hmm. But she could not leave this man. So maybe she did try and leave because she was afraid of him. Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't be surprised if she felt like he was maybe stalking her. Maybe if she tried to break up with him and he was maybe stalking her. You know, maybe That's Mike, why she felt like... Maybe Mike number two found out about Mike number one and spazzed. Maybe. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was if he was like stalking her and watching her. And that's why she was like, I wish that things were back the way they were before I had my little side piece because I didn't she didn't really need him. She just wanted to be, you know, free and do whatever. And so maybe she's like, I wish I never met this man, tried to dip and then got herself into an unfortunate situation because that's weird that he would say that that would not be your first thing to think. Be like, 
damn she's like she's dead huh <laughs> what <laughs> what do you mean like yeah, that's never weird charged because they don't have any information I have more Dang. questions about Mike number one. What? Wait. <laughs> Eliminated him as a suspect. Mike number one just seems like he no, was exactly. what? Just like her college boyfriend that. Probably had no idea anything. He just had no information. Was, yeah. Smart. Yeah. Ketosis. Man, that's crazy that's as hell. crazy. I've never Dang. heard that story. Never heard anything about that story. Me neither. Wowzers. And the whole thing with the birth certificates and stuff, that's, that's weird. Like, <laughs> what? And I didn't even know you could Excuse do that. Excuse me? Um, I, I, I imagine that you can possibly get, you can file at two different counties. Okay. But just for what? Because cause, uh, <laughs> her parents did that? Um, It says. Strange. That's good. Dude, yeah, that's so weird. I'm sorry to keep you guys, you guys are so bothered. It's so Puzzle. weird. It it's is just crazy. Story. Mm-hmm. And like the, the the fact that the birth certificate thing has nothing to do with anything, but it's just fucking weird. Like it's yeah. random part to the story. Well, that- one of the, the PI used that as a lead to figure out like maybe if she used one of the birth certificates. Uh, it's uh, disappeared on one of them, but both haven't been used. And yeah, I don't know when people just like disappear out of nowhere and there's like no leads anywhere that stuff always like i'd be thinking about that for for a long time because it's just there's so many different possibilities and you'll probably never know what happened to that person it's just i don't know and this one is just weird because it's has so many extra little like bits and bobs especially since she was having this whole second life that her family didn't know about yeah i don't know man if she did, I'll say this, if she did plan this and like decide to do it on her own, she's a fucking genius. Like if she decided to leave, I guess, uh, of her own accord, she really planned that well. <laughs> it don't sound like they're about to find this girl, to be honest. Ooh, and you said that happened in 2011, right? Yeah, December 8th. Oh, okay. The height wow. of sad season. <laughs> well, that be it. That's our show, guys. Erica, thank you so much for joining us thank and entertaining you. us. It was delightful as always. Thanks. Sure is. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, we'll see you soon in real life. Maybe, maybe this. <laughs> Shoot, maybe hopefully, because I said as as soon as people can travel and stuff again, I'm I'm coming to visit. Are you going to get so, a vaccine? What do you think? Um, I'm going to wait. I'm waiting. I would like them to roll out and <laughs> Give it to the get some other people. <laughs> To get them first. I'm yeah. With you. I'm not trying to be like first in line, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm gonna just give it I'm just gonna give it a little a little minute. Is it even an option for us to take it right now? No. We okay. probably don't have no. we won't take we won't even see it till August, September, maybe. Okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Also, I'd be trying to dodge needles like Oh yeah, you do. It's my I'm gonna burst into tears. <laughs> I already know. Last time I had to go get my blood drawn. <laughs> And I didn't cry. And the only reason I didn't cry was because Anthony was like, if you don't cry, we, I'll get you. We can go get ice cream when we're done. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I didn't cry. So we went and got some ice cream, but it was rough. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Okay. Well, let's end the episode, as always, with fun some fun dip. dip. This week, the quote is, Know, O beloved, that you were not created in jest or at random, but marvelously made and for some great end. Al Ghazali. Okay, Al. Setting off the new year right.
play hey. Oh yeah. Happy New Year again, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Thank you to our guest Erica. Again, you can find her at Homies of Horror on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please follow us at Six Feet Forever on Instagram and Twitter. Forever, ever. And thank you. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. Bye. Bye. Bye.